All right, what is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations with me, Alex Rudinger. And this episode is going to be another Cordial Chats episode featuring a super sick drummer named Krim. If you somehow haven't heard of Krim, you're blowing it. I'm just going to be honest, because he kicks ass. He's one of my favorite uh, metal drummers in general, and really was at the top of my list for people I wanted to have on uh, for a variety of reasons, but I've just always been a fan of his, and I've met him enough times to know that he's an incredibly sick dude as well. The first time I met him was back in 2011 at Brutal Assault Festival in the Czech Republic, and I was playing there with Threat Signal. He was with Decapitated, and it was really brief, actually, but uh, we got to chat for a few minutes, and I'd followed his work for many years before then as well. And uh, in addition to all of that, you know, we're right around the same age, and we both got started pretty young and in similar ways because of YouTube and the Internet. So we have a lot to relate to with one another in regards to all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was really nice to just have uh, a lengthy, good talk with him. I'd always wanted to do that. So I'll let the conversation speak for itself. I'll be doing some more episodes soon. I've just had a busy couple of weeks. So for now, I hope you enjoy this one. If you haven't checked out Krim, make sure to check him out, K-R-I-M-H. Google it, YouTube it, all that jazz, because he kicks ass. And, oh, at the very beginning, you know, I don't really... <laughs> I don't really plan out this podcast stuff, so we both just kind of started recording. Um, but instead of trying to edit it out somehow, I just uh, faded it in to the beginning of when we were talking on the phone. Uh, we both recorded our audio of us just talking, and he's in Austria, I'm here in the States. Uh, so then he sends me his recorded talking audio, and I sync them up. So to sync them up, really accurately it helps to do this clap sequence and that's <laughs> that's what we're doing right at the beginning so if you're wondering what the hell that is when it first comes in that's it uh anyway check it out guys here we go but yeah let's try it okay. all right uh wait should we do like do you want to do on the one and i'll count to four and then on the next downbeat what do you think Sounds too complicated. Just let's do one, <laughs> two, three, clap, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. One, two, three, clap. Amazing. This time it was better than the last time. When I did the podcast with uh, Dan and we did the countdown, I was like the weakest clap in history. So... We actually repeated it because it was so lame that like, come on, we are drummers and then we have to clap one time and we cannot do it. <laughs> oh my God. Did it, did it sound on to you? Um, yeah, it did sound on. Perfect. All right. Good. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. I was like, how on are we? I don't know. Hopefully it's good. No, it's perfect. Part of, see, part of me just like wants to leave that entire section in the audio because it's hilarious, you know? You can't go for it. I have not a problem <laughs> at all. Anyway, but yeah, dude, dude, it's good to chat with you. I'm, I was really uh, excited that you were down to, I don't know, do a chat and let me record it for the podcast just because, I don't know, you're rad as hell. And I know we've hung out like really just the one time, last time I was in Europe, actually. True. Uh, Not so much, right? Like, we, we need to hang out more, but we, we never see each other on the road for some weird reason. 
Yeah, our paths really haven't crossed that much, which is odd considering the types of bands we've been in and stuff. I guess for a few years I was in bands that might not tour with more of the metal stuff, but nowadays, and before that even, I feel like a lot of the bands we've worked with uh, could be on a bill together, and they just never really were. Yeah, or maybe you were... in in Europe while I was in the US or on the other side of the world for some weird reason. But doesn't matter. Yeah. So for the future, when everything is going to be open again, we need to hang out more. Okay? Dude, absolutely, man. Yeah. I, I really, it was good hanging with you in, uh, where was that show? It Was that in Austria? I think it was. It was. It was in Vienna in, uh, yeah. in the arena venue. It yeah, was. Yeah, I like that place. Yeah, it's a very nice place. It is a, a pretty big punk venue with like multiple stages in different sizes um it's a legendary venue in vienna it uh i think it used to be an old slaughterhouse and then it got um how to say that like the punks came in in the 80s and they took over and they said like okay this is now from this is our place right now police fuck off something like this hell yeah yeah Yo, that's sick that's some punk rock shit right there, dude. Yeah. How are you feeling, by the way? Is everything good now? Like you feeling? I'm feeling okay. I I think so. I anyone if I know this is technically a podcast, so I I've been feeling kind of sick the last couple of days, but not really feeling sick. I just have all this crazy face congestion. I don't know if you can tell that I sound kind of like congested, but at first I was like, oh no, I'm getting COVID or something. And I suppose it still could be that, so I intend on getting tested this week. Thankfully, you know, you and I aren't actually in a room together. Uh, you're on the other side of the uh, world, so I think we're safe. We're but, totally uh, safe. Totally safe. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I don't know. It's I haven't lost taste or smell, nothing like that. I think it's kind of just, like, severe allergies because our weather's been changing like crazy, and apparently the pollen count's super high. That's, um, uh, that's, that's a... Uh, Possibility, definitely. I mean, here we had snow today and sunshine and storm and rain, literally everything uh, at once, at one In day. one day. Yeah. Holy shit. But um, friends of mine that are allergic have the same thing. They have the same issue. It started already for them. Man, I never really, I feel like I never used to have that issue. Like I did, I guess I have in recent years, but younger, not so much. So I guess maybe I'm just like developing allergies as as i age or something but could be but with the plants it's also the other thing that they're coming more and more aggressive forms of the plants over so we are not used to it here in europe we have the issue that um we have some like invasive plants from asia that are we are not used to them and so people get easier an allergic reaction to them damn maybe that's it because yeah somebody in my family told me yeah, the pollen count's, like, insanely high. Like, it's off the charts right now. And I was, like, in my head, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of like, man, that just, that's, like, some mom shit. That's, like, what <laughs> my mom would say. Yeah, yeah, that, that's you know? parent stuff. Like, what the fuck? But in fairness, you know, moms are usually right about stuff. So, you mm, know. The mom I, is uh, not. <laughs> yeah. Are you tight with your parents? Uh, what do you what do you said again, please? Are are you tight with your parents? Yeah, definitely, big time. Heck yeah! With my whole family, everything is cool, you know. Damn, that rules, man. Yeah, I don't really know. Do you have like siblings and stuff? Oh yes, I have uh, an older brother, an older sister, and a younger sister. 
damn, check you out. You're a middle child. Uh, totally, I am. <laughs> Dude, so like, do any of them play instruments or anything? No. My my brother is painting and he does a lot of graffiti stuff. So he's more in this kind of arts direction. Um, we are kind of a teacher's family. Like we have a lot of teachers in my family. Um, both of my sisters are teachers. But uh, nobody really plays an instrument from my siblings. My dad plays acoustic guitar and like, yeah. So I guess he was also a big influence because, you know, he was listening all the time. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple. And um, he's the guy that brought me into rock music. And then eventually this led to metal music and we were going to concerts together. I think I saw with him, like my first metal shows, I always was going with my dad. I was just too young. So he saw quite some heavy bands, you know. We watched like uh, Fear Factory a couple of times, Slipknot, it's like Stone yeah. Sour. I think we went together for Amanamath even. It was it's cool and he does enjoy it as well. So yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> that rules. Yeah, man, cuz I I'm like kind of the same way in that I'm tight with my family for the most part, but no one else really uh is like super musical like i didn't i don't know it's it's weird like i guess i have some distance like cousins and stuff that also do music but i'm definitely the only the only drummer that's for sure yeah but um, um you play so much that it counts for the whole family i guess i guess so right yeah same with you man yeah i do play a lot or we both do play a lot so it is fine yeah. if the rest of the family doesn't want to play drums <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, I think the rest of the family would probably lose their mind if there was more people doing this and how loud it is. And oh yeah, uh, thanks. I mean, not that not that they all hear it. It's not like I live with my entire extended family, but you know, still, I know like I've had aunts and uncles like come by when I'm like drumming or some shit, and they're just like, "Jesus Christ, it's so loud." And yeah, I'm just like yeah, <laughs> but <I know. laughs> but uh, you have your practice room in the house in the cellar, if I'm correct, or yeah, like the, the basement. It's yeah, for a little while longer anyway. Um, I'm waiting to. So like I've been living here, man, most of my life, yeah. I guess, and it's been good. Like I'm incredibly thankful for it. I I couldn't have, I, I don't really think I could have made this career pathway work, uh, especially initially when I wasn't making anything really for years, nothing to speak of, you know? Yeah. It, it takes time, right. To, to, to build up something and it's uh, many years of work, 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 and like not really a lot coming back. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, dude. It's honestly, that was the, I think the, one of the most difficult things for me with this pandemic was like, I kind of felt like uh, 2018 and 2019 were like the first years of my career where I was kind of like, wow, I feel like I'm finally kind of doing this okay in terms of like financially, like making it uh, fully work just off of music yeah, and I know. touring. And I was like, wow, maybe I can do this for a career long term. And then <laughs> in the pandemic, but like I'd done okay in the years prior to that too, but like I guess technically, like, uh, annually, it was still kind of, like, at what would be considered, like, poverty-level income. Yeah, almost, definitely. You know? like, it's the same here, you know. It's um, 
the amount of work we have, uh, if you would calculate it down how much you would uh, earn per hour, it's ridiculous. Nobody would do that. No one. No. No yeah. one would come up with this crazy idea to work for probably minus minus five dollars an hour, you know? <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, and like pull like crazy hours doing stuff. And oh, dude, yeah. it's funny because like we were just talking about like family and stuff like I, I've, uh, you know, I haven't really talked about it a whole lot, like on my podcast or anything else, but I'm not, I, I, I don't hate him or anything, but I'm not like super tight with my dad. We're very, very different people. And he is, uh, my parents have been divorced for a long, long time, but mm-hmm. he, he's uh super conservative and stuff. And like, I'm just so not that I'm very opposite and he supports what I do, but he also like, it's never you know, he doesn't, it's never the real chop, right? He will he always wants you to wake up from the dream and finally start a, a real life, <laughs> something like this. Yeah, and I think I think he kind of has like come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to stop doing it, but I think he also like it's like he's always always is trying to uh figure it's like I'll t- he'll ask me you know what I'm doing and blah, 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 and I'll tell him some stuff, and he'll basically want all this information on, like, monetarily, like, how it works, and, and like, well, why don't you do this, that, and the other, and I'm like, well, you know, and he's like, well, why don't you play in that band if they're going to make so much more money? <laughs> yeah, and, because it's so and easy, I'm like, right? <laughs> yeah, and also, I'm just kind of like, you know, that I, I, I don't do this for the money. Like, I like this kind of thing, you know? Like, that's an important aspect of this career to me too is like feeling fulfilled of course with what i'm actually doing and uh you know it's like even even if some huge gig came along and was gonna like pay me a metric ton of money you know like i don't know if i would necessarily just jump and do it it depends you know like i guess if it was a certain amount of money i might just from a goddamn adult perspective have to consider it but at the same time it's like i also want to do something that i believe in and i like and with people i like and all that and and that's something that you know he kind of will act like he gets but i don't really think he really gets it because i think for him and a lot of people like this using it as an example you know yeah uh they don't i don't think they would ever willingly do that much work for that little of an amount of money, you know what I mean? For sure not. But um, on the other hand, that's why where we are at the moment, without this passion, you know, um, I always say that if you want to do it uh, like a, a pro, you have to do it 100%. There's no time and energy left to do anything else. I mean, like having a normal job and then do like a drumming career next to it. So it's for me, it has always been impossible. Um, yeah, because it's just pure dedication, um, and you have to have this attitude of kicking your own ass and um, trying to do Hell things. Yeah. And very often, or most of the time, you you do certain things. You work. You make videos. Um, you just prepare. You train all the time for. I don't know for like a, a tiny outcome, right? Financially, whatever, or maybe to have a little bit content out just to sustain what you have achieved so far. It's like absolutely like the maintenance of certain things, you know, 
Like, do you, people know that you you're having this level right now of drumming, of I don't know, maybe making this kind of video production, um, being like making so much content on all your social media. So there is some sort of a a level that you have to hold, and just holding this level takes all your energy and all your time. And so for me, it was always okay if I'm going this line. Uh, 100%, 120% sometimes, otherwise it's impossible. And you have to be in the situation to understand that. People from the outside, they know only a certain part of it. They will say like, ah, you just, you, you released another video. How long can it be? Well, think about learning this damn fucking song. You might need weeks to feel comfortable playing it. You have to set everything up. You have to record it. Then, you know, you have to edit the video. You have to make the sound. Um, and it takes a lot of time just for the fact that people watch it maybe five minutes, like one time only. I know. <laughs> so I don't have to tell you because you're in the same situation. But just for people that have no clue how much effort it is behind the scenes in a way to sustain this um, lifestyle. And also, as you said, how long it takes. I'm doing this professionally since 2010. Um, and yeah, the first years, it is like, I have the same thing now. I kind of feel like there is some sort of, um, how to say that, like a stableness in terms of income, because before it was always up and down, up and down. But I feel like now we both established a name in the scene, in the drama world where we could say, okay, this is something we can start to live off from. Or? Absolutely, man. That's and I wasn't laughing at what you were saying. I was laughing because everything you were just saying, like, uh, it just so, resonated yeah, with me. It was so course, right on. Of course, <laughs> I, I know like, this. Oh, you know, shit, dude. I know this because yeah. all the YouTube dramas or YouTube dramas, you know, everyone who who is doing a lot of content, uh, I I know how you guys feel. I know I can see literally through your phone your your rings underneath your eyes, you know, even though I don't see you, but I can imagine them very well <laughs> and being overworked. Dude, yeah. dude it's, it, dude, yeah, it was, that was almost comical because I was like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. Like, yeah, you just summed that up really well. I don't even have anything else to add to that because it was on. But yeah, man, and that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast and and chat in general and honestly just like to chat with you in general because i don't know man i've followed you since you know way back dude when you were like what kit was that that you had like uh, the pearl pearl yeah pearl yeah. export that's my first drum kit it's a pearl Hell yeah pearl export in cobalt fate i bought it in the year 2004 and i remember it, it costed like um i think right underneath a thousand euro it was like 99 999 euro so i went there and i bought it i, I paid a thousand euro and i got back one euro and uh i <laughs> kept this one euro you know i saved it as a, a memory because it was specific and i remember being in my small room in the flat i knew that i cannot play drums in the flat obviously i had to find a room but just opening the box you know step by step taking out all the what's it called not stitches but um uh, tags um mm -hmm. so i pulled them out and just uh, the smell of this lacquer and the plastic and the wood and the drum heads and everything it just i still remember this in my head 
and I knew at this moment, like, okay, good. So this is the start of something. Um, I was yeah. super happy, man. It was uh, a life-changing experience because I always wanted to play drums. But, you know, as I said, I live in a flat and uh, it's even an issue to have an electronic drum kit um, in here because, you know, it, the whole sound of the kick pad goes through the walls and shit. But, um, Dude, yeah. yeah. I, wonder, I wanted to ask, actually, like, so I remember watching a YouTube video of yours kind of, I think it was of a video you made where you were like kind of showing your daily routine and practicing and you were like riding a bike and I think you were <laughs> riding, I, I remember you riding a bike across a bridge. Yeah, it's so funny. And you like, went to your practice space. Yeah. Yeah, and I was kind of curious just like, you know, like I've been super, super fortunate in that like, I mean, dude, I literally... So at this stage, I kind of just rent this floor from my mom for like yeah. more or less nothing. Like it's very cheap. It's almost like kind of just not even, you know, that's how I've been able to save stuff, save money. But like I literally sleep in the room on the complete other side of the room, but in the room that I drum in, like my stuff is all right there, you know? Okay. And And like I've always seen you know you i think you, you like what has that been like having to like has it been challenging or frustrating that you have to like go somewhere else to practice or hmm. you know uh, you know what i mean because yeah, sometimes yeah, sure, i actually sure. think yeah sometimes sometimes i actually think like i might i might be more productive if i was more separate i mean i'm plenty productive but i might be even more if i was kind of more separate from stuff like I had a completely different area to practice and work because you know now sometimes it's like I can be you know trying to practice and then be like all right I'll start now but then I'm also like in this room with my computer and you know it's like where I live too so I can get distracted and procrastinate easily whereas sometimes I feel like whenever I'm staying somewhere else like in Tennessee and uh, I use the band's practice space you know when I get there you know, all there is to do there is practice. So I kind of just get right to it. And um, anyway, I, I just wondered, like, if that's been a struggle for you finding a place to practice and if there's any, like, benefit um, hmm. to it or if you would rather have your own spot, you know? I mean, it has always been a dream of mine to also have the uh, possibility to just wake up in front of my drums or just walk down the stairs in the basement and there's the practice room. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you would be more productive. It is just a different, um, how to say that, um, the planning of your day is just different. I have always had to go to a practice room. It never had been an issue for me. You know, I, it is kind of good that I go to a practice room because as you mentioned, it is separate. Um, and the only thing you have to do there is play and nothing else. Uh, would I play more if the drums would be closer? I don't think so, because I usually play anyways as much as my mental and physical energy level allows me to yeah. do. And also, um, we are not only drummers anymore. We are we are like, uh, we have to edit footage. We are somehow sound engineers. We are everything in one person. And so... For me, it's not possible to play the whole day because otherwise, yeah. how you guys are going to see the videos or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So for me, it is one part of the job is to go practice. 
And um, what is a pain in the ass, though, if you forget something at home? It doesn't happen often, oh, but sometimes, man. you know, if you drive. I bet. <laughs> you drive to the other side of the city. And it actually, the video you saw, and it's so funny because I think the whole world saw this video. I, I, so many people ask me about this. Yeah, I saw you driving the bicycle through the snow. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was uh, when I was living in Warsaw in Poland. And um, Oh, okay. And you're back in Austria now? Yeah, I'm back in Austria. So distances are smaller. Um, I don't have to drive because in Warsaw, it was Warsaw is huge, you know, communistic uh, city. So everything distance yeah. is massive. And it took me for sure like 40 minutes by bike one direction. I had to go to the other side of of the city more or less. And with the snow, it, it, it took even longer. Um, I always saw it as an extra workout or some sort of a warm up session. And sure. yeah, I always enjoy riding the bike to the practice room. Like I said, there's a warm up and it just clears up your head. But if you forget yeah. something, it's such a pain in the ass. You're like, ah, oh, damn it. I want to record a video today and I forgot, the, I don't know. The video charger. Or yes, I just wanted to that, say, you know? or the SD card reader or something which is important. Or the worst is if you want to record something and you forgot the the fucking USB dongle for your Cubase to open it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go Dude. all the way back. Man, I hate the USB. Like, I have an iLock for Pro Tools and a bunch of plugins. And I'm okay. always just like, man, like, why, why does... I I know they do stuff in the cloud now, but, like, uh -huh, okay. a lot of the times I don't have... I usually don't have my internet turned on. Uh, well, I have, like, you know, an Ethernet, like, direct line. Okay. That I, and so I never really use the Wi-Fi. And if I... I guess I could, but... It's annoying that you have to have the little USB dongle. I know it they, is. But I mean, so at least you have internet at your practice space. Oh, do you not have any at no, all? No, because, oh, because I'm in the basement and there is no, it is like a complex that is, uh, there are just practice rooms, which is great. So it's like 30 practice rooms and it's in my hometown. And it's kind of a, a unique place uh, because, uh, you know, many bands like... Uh, with all kinds of different genres of music are started there and um it is great like a creative space but because i'm in in the basement and there is like no the the owner of the place doesn't provide internet and i have no signal down there with the phone so not oh, shit. So, because i wanted to give like online drum lessons on my actual drum kit because a real drum kit is better than electronic drums sure but um, yeah, I don't have internet down there, or if I have, it's so shitty that you know, not even Spotify will open nothing. Damn, dude, forget that's it. Crazy. <laughs> so I'm forced to do like the the, the lesson crap. Um, I have to do it on my electronic drums at home, and yeah, so that's the only downside. Otherwise, uh, I'm I'm happy to have a room I can play kind of twenty four seven. I mean, I have to just uh, arrange it with my, my buddy I'm sharing the practice room with because I don't need the room for the whole day. And uh, yeah, so I have my little corner where I put my drums. Everything is kind of ready and set up to record um, and to practice. And that's how I've always done it. I've been in so many practice rooms. Like in, in Poland, I was moving constantly back and forth between different practice rooms. Uh, same with when I was playing with Decapitated, we had different practice rooms. Um, so I don't know if I have been over 10 practice rooms easily. Um, I try to keep everything very minimalistic and 
how to say, just the necessary things. But I guess it is because of moving around between practice rooms so much and also sometimes having almost no space that yeah. that makes you um, give away stuff. <laughs> it's funny when I see your Instagram stuff or from Sebastian Lanzer and you guys have like IKEA oh, shelves elaborate. <laughs> full of fucking <laughs> snare drums. Like it's a full Tama catalog. And I'm like, that would be impossible for me because... I don't even know when, how long I'm going to stay in this practice room. So yeah, I've Dude, learned. Well, yeah, yeah. it's, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm very fortunate in that sense. I definitely don't take that for granted. Cause I, and I mean, I've been lucky too, man. It's not, you know, like, that's why I've, I, I don't know. I've, I've always respected, like, I, it's like little things like, like, obviously I know you work hard as shit, but then I also see things like I remember seeing that video and you like like going on your bike to the practice space and stuff. And I only ever experienced something like that uh, very briefly when I was in Good Tiger. Um, one of the guys in the band, his uncle had a practice facility in London. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about London, like the fact that we even had a place that we could practice at for free and store our gear it's for free ridiculous. is ridiculous. It's almost like uh I think it's easier to win in the lottery than having this actually. Yeah, like it was pretty insane and you know, they even let me so whenever there was like the first one of the first trips I did over there uh, I ended up, you know, we were we did like a month long Europe tour, and also the month before, we, you know, rehearsed and did music video. It was like our first whole big trip, so we just gave ourselves a bunch of extra time. And mm. I was basically in London, not touring yet and stuff, but I was in the area for like a month. And, you know, we practiced with the band sometimes, but me being like a crazy person, I wanted to practice more than that. Of course. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like. My uh, friend, you know, his uncle or whatever, you know, said I could use the practice space, uh, you know, or one of the rooms, but we couldn't leave our stuff set up. So, like, every time – the fact that I even had this option for no additional cost is crazy. But to, to even practice, I would wake up, you know, take a 10-minute walk to a train station, uh, take the uh, take the underground – like 40 minute train ride mm. with one one change and then another 15 20 minute walk and then you know set i'd have to unpack from the little storage place and set up my drums you know that's i don't know how long like I've... like a like every day it is on tour you have to set up your crap from yeah and then so it was like an all-day affair you know just yeah, to <laughs> like to make that trip there set up practice tear down and leave it really was like it became like my whole day and and i remember thinking like dude how does anyone get really good at drums like in a place like this yeah like this is insane the amount of work i go to just to practice whereas here you know i can literally i would i wouldn't do this but you know, because I'm the kind of person that needs to wake up and like drink some coffee. But technically, I could go from being like dead ass asleep to like being behind my drum kit. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and play blast beats right away out from the bed. Yeah, shit, dude. Actually, fun fact: <laughs> one time before I was playing in the Faceless, yeah, when I was on I was on tour with the Faceless, and they still had their old drummer Lyle Cooper, and 
Lyle, I don't know if you did you ever tour? Oh yes, uh, I did, Lyle. I did my I did my first US tour with the Faceless. And oh right, yeah. Was, Decapitated was headlining. Yes, right? and uh, so Lyle I was there. I saw you on that tour. Oh okay, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, I saw you at Sonar in Baltimore. Ah, yeah. nice, dude. I was like, damn, because you are like just you started touring really young. How old were you on that tour? Well, I was twenty one. Yeah, dude. So you were. I I basically must have started touring like right around then or shortly after then too because we're pretty close in age. I think you're only a couple years older than me, maybe. How old are I you? Think. I'm 29. Okay, so I'm uh, I'm the older one. I'm, yeah, uh, but like only by like a year, right? No, I'm 32. That okay? Well, that makes sense though because if you were 21, I was 18. Yeah, and I think I just started touring like right after that is when I got the Threat Signal gig, mm, okay. and so like I I remember like even back then, dude, like you were, it was inspiring to me, man, because like I knew you were like right around my age and just a bit older, and I was like, man, he's like fucking out here, yeah, doing this shit, <laughs> dude. Like, I thought it was awesome, and I, you know, especially with Decapitated, a band, and I wanted to ask you some about that because I. I was like super into them back then, especially. And, uh, you know, the last time I saw them before that was with Vitek. Am I saying his name correctly? Yeah, Vitek. I mean, you have. Vitek. Um, yes. Say Vitek, then, then it's. I mean, it's his name, yes. Yeah. I just wasn't. I didn't want to like completely butcher it. No, and no, not, no. Enunciate it right. Come on. Um, but I saw him uh, with them at that same venue. Nice. And. I actually caught uh, one of his drumsticks he Whoa. threw out of the crowd, and I, st I still have it. Amazing. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, dude. I never yeah, had the privilege but... to see him, sadly, but... Um... Oh, no shit. No, Damn, that's no. crazy. Never. Dude, it was... You know, I was young, but uh, I remember just being like... You know, I don't know if it was as badass as I remember it being in my head, you know, but it, it was badass. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally... Like, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like, it was... Uh, it definitely... I was super stoked especially back then but anyway i can't remember exactly what i was ranting about there but uh just you know i don't know man i remember seeing you even back then and you know there i don't know it was awesome like i followed you for a long time in that Thank sense you, man and, appreciate yeah, it yeah dude and <laughs> i've thought about yeah i guess to kind of come full circle on what i was mentioning before with the practice i just like uh yeah i don't know i, I saw that video you like riding your bike and stuff and and then, like, knowing how much work it took when I was doing uh, that period in, in London mm -hmm. and having to set up every day, and I was thinking, like, damn, like, that's, like, what he basically does nah, all not, the time. More, uh, I, well, maybe not, you don't have to set up every exactly. day. Exactly, that's, know, that's a huge difference. But still, you know, the traveling takes a lot of time, yeah. Yeah, and energy and more planning and, oh, yeah. I don't know, knowing that with everything else you've had going on and how fucking... You know, I'm not trying to blow smoke, dude, but you're sick, dude. Come on, dude. <laughs> I, I was like, dude, like, and with how sick he is, like, man, this dude must bust his ass. So, like, I don't know. It's just been an ongoing uh, inspiration for me, dude. Like, I think you're rad. And uh, Thank you, yeah, man. Dude. But it, it, Hell yeah. I have to say the same about you, you know. I mean, it's, uh, it's lovely to see how you just throw out crazier shit than the video before and you know it's you hit harder than the video before and it's just like okay when does this machine stops finally 
And I also Dang, ha- I also have a question for you because now let's sure let's flip it around. Now I'm the host of the podcast. Welcome. Dude, there you are. Here welcome you go. to Crim's podcast. Today's guest <laughs> is Rudy, the machine. Um, and oh, my question shit. is because I see you very often that you are reading from notes like sheet music, if this is yeah. how you say it. And I was wondering, have you started playing drums with learning to read notes, or was it something that you wanted to learn afterwards and how much is it like you need it nowadays you know to to learn songs do you rely on it is it something that it has to like you have to write everything down to remember uh, to remember certain patterns because i don't know shit about this like all i have to do is repeat <laughs> repeat repeat and try to save it in my head um so i was wondering like yeah how did you learn it and how important is it for you Yeah, how that all works, man. I uh, do good question. I don't know if I've really ever brought that up on my podcast. I don't know. So bring But it. I, yeah, dude. <laughs> I uh, it's a huge part of what I do, and I don't know if I could do it any other way anymore. Um, I'm not even sure I'd want to try. But I didn't have uh, formal, you know, music training. Mm. It was really something born out of necessity, like. It basically started, uh, I was really young, like 15 or something, man. And uh, Animals as Leaders was looking for a drummer. Oh, and okay. they, no one knew who they were yet, dude. Like, it's crazy. Like, Tosin and Javier were still living in Maryland. And uh, Maryland slash D.C., like Silver Spring, yeah. which is, you know, 30, 40 minutes from here. And... They needed a drummer, and I, dude, I, I still remember like Tempting Time was on their MySpace, like no, and no one had like really heard it yet, like. Okay, that's and, that's really er- what year must this must have been? Man, like, I mean, maybe 2010. No, well, 2010 was the Summer's Lotus tour. That was the one where I played my first tour with Decapitated, where you have seen me. And we so 2000. It must have been before because um they were touring with Naveen then and I, I, I think I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so this was before they got because what happened was, I ended up not getting it and then they had they ended up not doing that festival. Okay. They weren't even sure they were going to do the band and then it came up again a year or two later. Like dude, that album was done long before it actually came out. Um and then. That's when I almost did it a second time, and then they, and that's when they had Naveen do it instead. I was actually crushed at the time. But in hindsight, he was, especially at the time, I, I was okay. barely able to play that stuff. Ah, because um, now I kind of remember this, that they were looking for a drummer, and now I remember that it was, uh, if not Tosin mentioned something on the summer slot with you as well, like having three different dudes trying out, could this be? Was it three guys? Yeah. Well, then I tried out again, uh, even a, I don't know if he was referring to that time back then, or then when Naveen left, I auditioned again. Man, that's, um, uh, listen, guys, you see, you hear that? My guest here on the podcast, <laughs> that's determination, okay? So you can learn something from him. Uh, dude, yeah, we, Naveen and I joke now because, like, we talk about how he always stole my gig because, like, <laughs> you know, technically, like, that's how I met Naveen is that basically they told me I was going to do their first tour with BT Bam 
and I was all stoked, dude. I was young, man. I was like, yeah, of course, you take everything, seventeen or something. Like. And I was like super stoked. And then like a week before, Tosin texted me and was like, hey, uh, you know, we're gonna have this friend of mine, Naveen, do it. He really wants to do it. I'm really sorry, but like he's got some experience, and we know you're really young. And damn, and like. Dude, I was actually, I'm not going to lie, like, nothing against Tosin. I, I got mad love for those dudes. But at the time, like, just receiving it via text, I was, like, crushed. Yeah, you, you must know? have been devastated because the amount of work and also the the whole, how to say, uh, stress that builds up in you that you, you want to do the best job possible because it's your, like, first big thing. And then a week before you said... Was it? Yeah, like it was. Oh boy! Like we had only jammed like once though. That's the other thing is they're like, I, <laughs> dude. It's funny hearing stuff from Naveen and stuff too. It, I'm not talking shit, but like I think Tosin and Javier, like at least back then, they weren't exactly like planners. You know, they kind of just rolled with things. And yeah. uh, so even though it was like a week away, we'd rehearsed like once. What? And, Yeah, dude, and with Naveen this, ended up with this fucking music. It is just like impossible. Well, dude, fucking, I mean, did you? I don't know. I heard that. Uh, so part of the thing was when I auditioned later, because Naveen and I met because of that whole experience, and he came out, you know, in the next week to rehearse with them and like go on this tour. Yeah, and it was like a week away, and and they came into the music store I was working at a couple days later, and I remember in my head being like like tr almost like holding back tears because I was like so bummed and here they are walking into the store I work at which is like down in this area towards Silver Spring at the time and I was like I gotta keep it together you know yeah. like and he came and was talking to me and instead of like you know being a dick or you know trying to like be tough guy or something I was just like Yeah, you know, I talked to him and he said he needed some stands because he had just flown out here and he didn't have gear. And I basically like, even back then, I had an abundance of hardware and stuff. And I was like, I have some stands I could sell you for cheap. And, you know, the next day I drove back down with the stands and more or less gave them to him. Man. And we just became friends, you know, from that point okay. on. And um, we, we've always joked now about how he kind of snaked the gig out from me. But in to be honest, dude, like I was... In hindsight, looking back on me back then, like I could kind of play those songs, but barely, you know. And it was—I definitely didn't play them with any confidence. That's for sure. Yeah, and but I think you would. It is always like this. I had the same with Decapitated. It took me quite some time, even being in the band. I was like, "Fuck, this material is so difficult." And you, you mm -hmm. get better, and you just develop your own style. And the best thing to do is to play live shows and um, tours, even though you would think like, okay, this is the show, you, it has to be perfect, but there is no shortcut in my way. You have to sometimes be thrown into the cold water and say like, okay, you you kind of know the song, yeah, it's not 100% perfect, oh, yeah, also, but doesn't matter, just uh, keep going, it's gonna get perfect afterwards. That's true, that's true, man. I mean, I do think, you know, maybe if I had gone on that tour, I would have, You know, for sure, within, man. For sure. You know, because that's how it's been, like you said, in every other gig. I mean, dude, I, I used to think, I mean, the first couple shows I played with the Faceless, I was petrified, you know? Yeah. And, I and then over time, <laughs> uh, dude, yeah. I don't, dude, honestly, and I know we were talking about transcribing. I haven't forgotten. I'll get back to that. Yeah. I, uh, I just haven't, when I look back on some of the stuff I did, 
night after night with them. I'm not sure if you ever feel this way about some of the decapitated stuff, because I know you, you know, like how hard is the septic flesh stuff compared to what you did in decapitated? Like, it's, is it as hard or harder or about the same? No, it's very different. With septic flesh, it's kind of the mix of quick stuff and then also thinking of more of like a cinematic soundtrack yeah. kind of drum patterns and pretty groovy so it's like always back and forward you have to kind of know your shit in the groove world also with like more cymbal playing and with tom dynamics it's more dynamic while with decapitated it was like okay so this is my baseball bat and now let's go destroy something <laughs> and uh, of course it was um, more also focused on speed and there was less uh, of decapitated is also very groovy but it was less of this going down with the intensity right so it was more a hundred like full-on step into the gas of the car and just keep full yeah. power driving down the street and uh it yeah it's yeah i guess you want to ask how it is like now when looking back to the shit you have played before something like this yeah, because I always, dude, I look back at some of the faces and I'm just like, holy shit, dude, how the fuck, like what, yeah. I don't know, man, I'm just like, holy shit, dude, I can't believe I played that song every night for 30 days. Yes, and like... I have the same, exactly <laughs> the same, when I look back at some footage when, when I play, you know, certain decapitated songs, I'm like, fuck, I had to play this six weeks in the States, and yeah, <laughs> I kind of did it, but I also did not die and now if i think about it and i try to play the song again i'm like man okay i must have gotten old or something <laughs> dude that's i think that too i'm like wait am i shot now or something like do i suck now? no like... i think that i have a theory like this that um because in my opinion or it's for me that my body always needs time to um, get used to certain bands or yeah, like condition for it yes you know it's um I even have it here when I, I play with Septic Flash and then I want to do my own solo project shit that it feels kind of strange even though I wrote the songs or I want to write drum patterns for new songs for my solo project. It is such a different drumming style that needs preparation and needs time for me to get into this, right? And it's the same for me if I would just go back to play decapitated stuff now. I would not be able to play it like as an instant the same good you know i need to i need time to get back into the mood i need to get back into the flow and certain movements maybe build up the speed again so it's like kind of scary to see that even though you know the songs but your body just throws away things he does not really need it's like fuck off with that you haven't played that for five years who the fuck gives a shit you don't need that bye bye i don't know for, yeah. for me it's like this and i guess for you too yeah, it is. I would say very much so. I, I think that's like, you know, one of the things too that's made it hard when I've like taken a gig doing like a fill-in thing very last oh, minute is it's like... It's the worst. It's brutal. Dude, you have to like... It's like, uh, to me, I find it's like a big mental thing too. Like when I filled in for Monuments, dude, I wasn't working on anything like that, you know, feel-wise at all in the time. Yeah. And, and I kind of... One thing I found helped was like... And this uh, this will allow me to get back to uh, answering your question about transcribing stuff, but like I kind of had to like like did the week before that I did a uh, Minel had me fly out to 
Mike Johnston's place and I did this little like lesson thing. I was so nervous. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> dude, I've always been super nervous. On yeah, like me, that, but... me too. The... We, we were the dude, same. Wait. You, you, I feel like you hide it better, dude. I'm just like fucking out of my mind, dude. <laughs> but anyway, like they, uh, I was, you know, and while I was there, I played like a couple faceless songs. Like I wasn't, you know, working on like groovy or stuff. And the faceless was, I don't think it was very groovy. It was very technical and locked yeah, in. Yeah. And, Definitely. You know, and then all of a sudden I'm like learning these songs and, you know, so I transcribed all of them first. In fact, I had just gotten word that I was going to, like, I got asked to do that. So I was transcribing a couple of them, like, on the flight to and from the Mike Johnston thing because I had already had that going on. And, okay, cool. Uh, and then when I got home, you know, I also kind of, like, planned out. I was like, okay, this material, you know, I definitely don't need the full uh, faceless setup so I, I kind of like planned out my setup a little bit differently too in that like, I don't know, I found that that helped. It like helped me almost get in the mindset of like what it was I was trying to do. Like I was like, okay, well, you know, this stuff's going to be a little bit groovier. So I'm going to like do away with the second hi-hat and like just put on one main hi-hat and, you know, maybe move it a little bit closer. And Okay. Uh, so you adjusted you know, your setup. Like, yeah, like, and okay. and I kind of tried to mentally prepare, like, okay, I'm gonna have this stack here, and at the time I'd really hadn't used a stack much, and uh, I was just like, okay, that'll be good for groovier stuff, and I'll have it in this comfortable position that it kind of like le lets me lead with my right hand, and mm. like, you know, I don't know, it was kind of like a big mental part of it too. Uh, even still, though. It was a challenge in a way. It's funny, dude, because between from the beginning of that tour to the end of it, I started hitting so much harder, man. Like that gig made me hit harder for sure. Yeah, because um, it, it gave you also the space and the, the, to do so and the, the possibility. The music kind of screams for it. And, yeah. And if you come from like the faceless technical stuff uh, where it's about, not, of course you have to play loud but it's so quick and you you just have to be always so concerned about your energy levels can you make it through mm -hmm. and then it's like like the chantier progressive kind of music stuff where it's all about you know big movements a lot of stacks um just yeah. rim shot the shit out of the snare yeah of course yeah. like this is something that gives you the, the freedom to do so this kind of music And dude, it's fun too. Like, For, of I course, know, I had a lot of fun, dude. But, shit, like. but as you said, you needed time to get used to that. You have to get into the song. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned the the thing like on the fly, feeling stuff. They always sound so awesome, and uh, that you got the the possibility to do that. Um, but uh, I had the same with Behemoth when I had to jump in oh man i, I did, was gonna ask you about that man i did uh i just recorded like some alternative rock album before like i did some oh, session shit. chop you know i wasn't playing blast bits at all i was just you know in the zone of grooving and just trying to make some nice tom grooves and whatnot and then i get the call and i'm like fuck how the hell shall i do this in such a short time and you know how much time did you have um it was 10 days from the call to the first show Holy shit. How many songs did you have to learn? 14. 
Jesus Christ. And uh, I had to I had to be able to play them before that because we had like four days earlier rehearsals starting. And um they're like, okay, but we play them different than um uh it is on the album. So I would suggest you to go to YouTube and check the latest Bloodstock live stream we did and then you can learn it from there. So I ripped down the audio and I you know that comes in now comes the part where it is shitty that I cannot uh, transcribe any crap. So I had to like repeat the, the, the crap out of the songs and I had to write down uh, the song structure, not uh, notes, but like, okay, now comes the Tupa Tupa Slayer beat comes two times, then comes yeah. Epic Tom Break, then comes four times Blast Beat. Then, you know, this is what I would have done to kind of do it, but still... It just fucked me over so bad. Like uh, I, I was overplaying, obviously, because I had to push. I had to play much more. It was more intense, and so you know I couldn't feel my my leg. My was it the left leg during the the first two shows? Of course, you're nervous and shit, and you're like in the zone, try to not fuck it up. And it's just uh, yeah, it's difficult. So for all the people out there, it is. It sounds cool to just jump in and help out uh, an awesome band, but from you never feel really comfortable on stage. It is just uh, it, it, definitely not no. initially. No, that's for sure. But um, so you said that to answer finally the question, the animals as leaders thing made you because I guess it was so complicated and you need to get it down. And I guess you are the person that is. You seem to me like a person that is very precise on like you want to have it um like can you say ocd style it has to be yeah this certain way and um and in order to achieve that you will only like you have to transcribe it am i right yeah i think to an extent and uh i don't want to change the topic again but let me just say for the record i saw a video you playing with behemoth back then dude and i was like oh shit this is sick. yeah but i had already oh, time yeah. to kind of get used to that was, i know i know okay. but i'm just saying like dude I, I i love behemoth so like seeing you get to do that i was like yo that's sick <laughs> like Thank also you, it's just like yeah dude that shit is crazy too i mean inferno's it was really satisfying because like inferno's sick um but I always, you know, I don't, I always felt like you were kind of more hard hitting drummer. And to, so to see your take on that stuff, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, but I thought I'd die like, because he, then I realized like his playing is so old school and it has, it's so unique in the way it is arranged. And when you look at him playing, you would never expect him pulling it off that tight. For me, he always looks kind of stiff and like, oh, I know. And how the hell can he can he do it? And he does it perfectly. You know, it dude, it's, I know. He he looks so relaxed like Of course, yeah. And dude, um, I so Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and for me like being the dude who kind of plays louder, but now I'm forced to play fast and loud. I'm like, fuck, how shall I do it? But yeah. Dude, I I knew I relate to that. I mean, that's how I felt when I first got the faceless gig. Like, oh yeah. They were like, cause I, you know, dude, to be honest, I'm not like, like I, I'm fast, but I've never considered myself like tech death fast. Like I, yeah, but my max neither, comfort, you know, yeah, dude, that's the crazy thing though. I mean, man though, I've seen you like do some crazy fast shit, but then again, I guess there's some crazy fast shit on my YouTube too. Like I've done it. Exactly. But it's like, dude, I, I've always considered my max comfort to be like 220 max. Yeah. And like. There True. was tons of faceless stuff that was way over that. 
And I remember just like, you know, at one point being asked like Keen or somebody was like, so do you think you can do like some of the faster stuff? And I was like, yeah. And I remember saying that in my head thinking like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out, you yeah. know, like, and I did. And during my time in that band, I definitely got more comfortable at higher speeds. And I'd imagine I could get there again. I just don't, you know, I still practice and warm up to pretty fast speeds, but not quite like 250 and shit like that. You yeah, know? yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, man, anyway, I don't want to, uh, I want to answer your other question. So I didn't want to, <laughs> I just had to say that about Behemoth because I was fucking like, drummers, I, they cannot stop, like, they cannot answer the damn fucking question. I know, dude. Well, I don't know. I just like, dude, it's like, I've always wanted to ask you about your time filling in Behemoth. And yeah, sure. there's like shit I've wanted to ask you that like, I didn't get the chance to, or I forgot to, when I saw you in person last. Cause like, you know, I'm not thinking like, like, I'm not trying to like interview you, you, you know, but I mean, yeah. I just like. I've always there's shit like that that I've always wanted to be like, yo, dude, what was that like? Cause that's sick. Yeah, we can so, do it. Anyway. But I asked, <laughs> it's my podcast for this small section. Yeah, that's so, right. So yeah, it's remember. all you, bro. So yeah, the transcribing stuff. I, I, I don't really think I could. Well, okay, I I started with that where when I was first learning, like one of the first things I ever transcribed, if you can believe it, is "Tempting Time" by Animals as Leaders, and it wasn't complete. Like I didn't do it. You know, I didn't transcribe the whole song. I basically just like at that age, the first time I tried to learn it. So this is uh, probably a year and a half, two years before they and got Naveen, before they even went on tour. You, and you used Animals as Leaders to to learn yourself how to read notes. Are you serious? Sort of. What yeah. Like I, but it, in a simpler <laughs> way, in that like if you listen to Tempting Time, like you know when it first kicks in, it's like da da na 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 na. Like it's. I basically like couldn't even understand at that time the the displacement of like what was happening. You know, like I didn't know music theory enough to know like, oh, well, this is just in four and the snare placement is changing. So it has like a different feel like, you know, I didn't I just didn't really know any of that. I had no theoretical training mm. and I just started like I knew people that did transcribing and I was like, maybe I should like write this down and I started messing around in Guitar Pro. Ah, okay. Um, so. And I, you know, the thing about a program like that is you can play the audio back. So I, I wrote out something and it played back and I was like, oh wait, that's kind of close, sorta. And yeah. like, I think that initial transcription was just like a couple parts of the song that I wrote out to try and, you know, understand um, and help me learn. Mm. And it kind of just grew from there, dude, like understanding, you know, rhythmically what's going on, time signatures, what's going on, you know, like how notes relate to each other in terms of like, you know, eighth quarter and triplets and how it all fits into different time signatures and everything like that all came, you know, like I remember the day, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember the day that like I came to really understand time signatures like i always understood like oh four four it's got like this feel but understanding like the relationship between the top note and the or the top number and the bottom number and you know all of a sudden like it made click you know, odd in your yeah head. like all of a sudden like odd time stuff like seven eight or like 15 16 i was like oh this totally makes sense now like okay. like it's still odd times but like i understand conceptually so clearly now like what this all means and why and uh 
you know, stuff like that. It was literally just from trial and error and yeah, and kind of grew and using the technology, right? So you used uh, yep. what Guitar Pro you said? Yeah, dude, I still use Guitar Pro. I I still use the same shitty old version of Guitar Pro that I've used for amazing. You like, get you get all yeah. my respect for that. <laughs> dude, I I use Guitar Pro five. And I don't even I'm I'm actually shook that it's like even able to be installed on this version of OS X because like I remember I wrote to somebody at at uh, Arobus Music that's who makes Guitar Pro and I had a question and I was like yeah I'm using Guitar Pro five on you know Mac OS X High Sierra and they were like you can't do that like that doesn't <laughs> that, it it shouldn't work but on I that. can and I was like I know I was like well it does like I don't know what you want me to tell you like I installed it. And uh, like I've used newer versions, but you know I'm just gonna keep yeah stick using to it. this one. Never change a yeah. winning game. Why should you? It's it's cool. It's it works, man. I'm so efficient at it now. Like for sure, you know, man. It's... You know all the shortcuts better than the the programmers that made this fucking program. Dude, I do know a lot of like random little for unbelievably sure. weird for things, sure. You know? yeah. If one, then it's you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, that's like okay, how it started, and I then kind of, I don't know, very quickly, I realized that like having a visual aid made everything easier, and I think it was a control thing too, man, like in that, I think it's pretty clear in my drumming that like I, uh, it is very OCD, and it's it's very like planned and meticulous, and I think that in a way it's been really healthy for me in that like it's a channel for me to put those emotions yeah. or feelings where like yeah, sure. you know I'm able to you know channel super controlling tendencies or you know obsessive compulsive tendencies into that instead of in an unhealthier way or something yeah. but hey whatever like, works you know it's um and it's cool that you you have found your own style it's you definitely when whenever you hear or when I hear drums being played And it's you. Be, you play them, and I'm like, okay, that must be Rudy because it's uh, it's very specific style you play, and it's that's what we all kind of want, right? We want to have an own identity, and if this helps Thanks. you, you know, um, and it's funny that you say that because with I talked also with Sebastian about this, Sebastian Lanzer, like we have, yeah. we call each other I think every month for like an hour or two just to talk. Oh, dude, that rules. And. Uh, we give each other tips and whatnot like yeah i played too much and now my hand hurts what did you do yeah i did this and Damn, blah 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 you know that's so sick that sounds like me and a noob dude yeah so it is the same thing here he's from austria too and uh, it's 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 pretty cool and uh he's also the kind of guy because he he did the um music school like he he made actually university he studied on the university drums so he's like an alien for me But um, I found it interesting that he kind of first transcribes it down and then he goes on a drum kit to practice it in order to, like yeah. he kind of has to go this certain route to write it down to be able to play it afterwards. And I guess with yeah. you, it's kind of the same. Like you have to write it down first and then you go practice it. Or yeah, it? I think, you know, it's that's exactly right. I mean, I think I could... Uh, Sure, I could take the song maybe in some headphones and and like sit there and like listen to a part and then try to play it and then listen to some part again and then try to play it. Uh, but the I think the appeal, the thing that you know made me continue keep doing it is that I realized oh, well, 
I can sit at my computer and kind of be in this this state of mind, X state of mind, and I can notate this whole song, and then when it's done, you know, I have it there in front of me. This is the song. What I all I need to do is learn what's on this paper, and yeah, I'll know it. it it's it's you know, it's, it's, it's less physical, definitely. Like you don't have because for me, there's no way around than just sitting there and just playing over the part over and over again. But this gives me a shorter time frame because eventually I run out of energy or it starts to be, yeah, I'm tired. And I think with this method, you have the possibility to, after you're practicing, um, you just can sit at home and you imagine drum beats and uh, you write it down and you kind of hear it in your head already before you actually play them. So this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think people, when I've explained it to some people, it's like, you know, I've done some lessons with people where they have questions about it and I tell them how I do things and they're like, okay, that's kind of what I thought, but like, God damn, that's crazy. Like that seems like so much work and it's like, yeah, but like, I don't know. See, I guess it is a lot of work and I suppose you're going to spend a lot of time on it no matter how you learn music, right? Mm, but sure. I think it's more like what you were saying where there's an aspect of it where it's almost like conserving uh, certain amounts of mental and physical energy, you know, because if I'm sitting at a computer working on something, it's a little bit more chill, you know, I can be sitting there drinking coffee and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, and programming blast know? beats at 2.30 without having to yeah, play it. I, yeah, of course, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the worst part about that, though, is I don't know if you've ever had this where, like, have you... So, actually, this is a good question because, like, I guess if you don't really write music at a computer first, or maybe you do, but you just program the drums, like, for I when never you're program drums. Never. Really? I If I record MIDI or if I... When I did the Get Good thing, I play every beat on my electronic drum kit. I, I cannot... I would not even the simplest beat I would program it by hand. Never. No shit. You don't do you not know how, or you just don't want to. First of all, I I don't know really how to do it. It is pretty annoying for me. Uh, what the, the, the couple of times I tried, and then I also I'm afraid I'm running into the the trap of programming something that I cannot play. I mean, I understand. See, that's, I understand that damn, it could that's be crazy. Like I can understand it could be a cool um way of like being inspired by changing certain media notes and like okay this kind of sounds cool i would have never came up with this idea when i would keep playing my usual beats so because of doing it by hand it gave me a new creative input i understand it from this point of view but still like i'm i feel so disconnected to my instrument for me i have to play it you know because it's like um this is how I feel the connection to this instrument. This is how I feel. Interesting. Yeah, I need to I need to play it. So, no, I never Dude, program crazy. anything. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so like engaged in this conversation right now cuz this is so fascinating to me, dude. Like It is. Because it's so it's just so like dude, that's like what you just described is like exactly the reason why I I think I do it that way. Like mm -hmm. I like I'm I'm fascinated. Like I like almost writing something I don't know like I'm very aware of my body especially at any given time depending on what I'm conditioned for and in that kind of thing like if I'm you know like in the faceless era I was more 
you know, a little bit more speed. So yeah. I was more aware of that. Um, but like, I will write stuff now with that in mind at a computer. But at the same time, I will sometimes like write stuff at the computer that I know is going to challenge me and is going to push me just to challenge myself when I start to actually learn it and push it up and, you know, to performance tempo. And that's like, I don't know, it's just crazy because that's like one of the things I, I guess I like about it. And okay. whereas like, I guess, I don't know, dude, it's just fascinating, like the different perspective there. Like, I don't know, it's kind of rad too, because I do feel like, I don't know, maybe there's something to that, man, because I do kind of feel like now I'm just like ranting and thinking as I speak, <laughs> but or speaking as I think. But I was just going to say, like, I do sometimes I, I feel like you have such good feel, uh, especially for a metal guy, dude. That's one of the things I like about your playing is like you just have fucking dope feel even when you're doing blasty double bass shit. I'm like, damn, like it's just got a feel, dude. And And it's like, I guess. I wonder sometimes if that's because you, you kind of have this different emotional connection with what you're doing. And obviously, dude, like, I know you work your fucking ass off, too. Yeah. Like, No, I think but, so. I think so it is because of that. And also the fact that when I have to come up with drum grooves, I would I would always prefer to do it on the real drums. I've tried it to do yeah. it for demos on the electronic drums. It's just not the same. Certain things don't work the same. So I decided to just say, fuck it, uh... I'm going for my solo project at least for sure like this I'm only gonna write stuff on on the real drums and I would just record the oh, shittiest yeah. demo ever with like broken cymbals and not tight at all but sure I would just uh, repeat sections record a couple of different ideas that come up in my mind and I like to surprise myself let's put it this way I like to be surprised by certain mistakes or uh, certain things that are happening while I'm doing, you know, like while I'm trying out stuff. And I'm not the person that likes to go one million time over the same shit contemplating if this might be the right beat. For me, it is usually a very uh, spontaneous and quick decision to... Yeah, like you trust your gut on it. Yeah, so I'm like, before I, I go mentally crazy and like, because you can get nuts in, like you can oh, get dude. lost in details. Like, yeah. I would rather say like, okay... This feels good for me. This feels like this is a beat that fits to this riff. It might not be the most detailed one or it might not be because the, the uh, how do I say, it? the possibilities are endless. And I don't want to dive yeah. in there. So I, I rather say this is the mood for this time. And I feel like this is a, a picture of this moment. Let's put it this way. And this drum beat. So this is how I've always done it. You know, I just um, go in the room and... Uh, take my laptop and just record shitty demos and listen at home and like then I have it immediately I know okay this needs uh, this needs uh, a more aggressive drum beat because afterwards comes this and that beat so I do it kind of the same as you do but I just do it very mm, like on the real drums there is no electronic yeah. the only electronic in between is the fact that I use a laptop to record that's it yeah dude that's fucking cool so I don't know. That's crazy. It is. It is more exhausting, though. As I said, I have to, and I I'm not really good at uh, being at home and just thinking afterwards. Okay, how about this drum beat? And like you would sit down and you would take the time to program something and think about it. I rather just do this in the practice room for a certain time mm -hmm. of the day, and then go away from it and give it some time to sit and. Um, 
work in my unconsciousness because you, you yeah i totally get that and yeah. um it might be that, that makes a lot of sense actually it's kind of like yeah yeah you kind of get it all done in one go even if it is a bit more exhausting or hectic whereas i might or maybe know, not have to maybe not one go but uh well i you, you know, know what i mean, mean like in in a given day like yeah the learning process and the working process on everything is you know kind of you know pushed together whereas for me i might be practicing physically less time one day when i'm learning stuff but that's because later that night i'm gonna be transcribing another correct, song to learn correct, the next correct. day you know what i mean yeah definitely um so that's interesting man yeah dude like <laughs> i don't even know man damn i i wasn't expecting us to talk about that but it's fucking really interesting uh no it's great because you we are like both drummers but we have a very different approach on getting to where we are right now or like how we do certain things and this is the beauty to to see you know that there are different approaches none is like the perfect or the wrong way it's just whatever feels good for everyone like you know for me this works absolutely man and i feel like because otherwise you wouldn't have done it this way the way you do your things works just fine for you you know yeah yeah man it's uh it's one of those things where i guess and i guess to kind of finish answering the question i i got really used to having a visual aid mm. and i just learned to really like it and one thing i found which is often why i have sheet music in front of me in certain videos and stuff is i find that when i have sheet music in front of me in videos like a lot of people are under the mis uh, conception that I'm like sight reading, which is definitely not the case. Like I, even on the, even if there's music in front of me, I'm not s completely sight reading it. It's not like I've, you know, I just sat down and had never played it before. Like that would be yeah, insane. Yeah. You know, um, it would be insane. <laughs> it, yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't even know if, I mean, I don't know. There, there are some things I can sit down and sight read like there's, but it has to be really simple. Yeah. You know? sure. Um, like I almost, I got asked to fill in for that band, uh, Bad Wolves, a couple years ago, oh, and okay. it was. Uh, that's why I have a couple of their videos on my YouTube. And basically, what ended up happening was they, uh, their drummer had uh, hurt his back, and they just basically paid me to kind of learn their whole set and be on standby in case they needed me because they weren't sure he was going to be able to continue. Okay, and yeah. he ended up finishing the tour even though his back was like really messed up um so they didn't need me but i still you know they hired me to do this job so i learned their songs and there were a couple of a couple of songs particularly like their one really big hit zombie it's like a super you know it's a cover and it's yeah, super yeah. super simple that one i transcribed it and then sight read through it the first time like it's but it's it's super super yes, super straightforward. Makes sense. But so, for for the shit you you put on your YouTube usually, where we see you focusing on the sheets and like, okay, yeah, he must yeah. read it. No, it's not like yeah. this. Or it's just, is it for you? Like, uh, you don't read the notes in particular, like in detail, but you kind of know, okay, there is the end of this part. Now comes this pattern, and you, it's like, um, then the program in your brain starts playing yeah. those notes, and that's that. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is it's like what I find is that uh, muscle memory tends to work faster than, you know, physical memory in terms of like 
it's like I can internalize it's like my muscle and my muscle memory internalizes things faster than my brain can actually remember them. Yeah, 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 for sure. There are certain parts where like, okay, if I look at, and I, it's actually almost annoying, dude, sometimes, because I'm working on some material right now, and, and it's like, I'm like almost annoyed because I can play it really well if I'm reading the music, and then right now I'm in the process of like trying to get it all internalized without it, and and it's almost frustrating because sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I know this song. And then I'll I'll realize, wait, no, I, I can play it, yeah, but I, I don't really know it yet because I haven't fully internalized it enough to play without the music. So I don't really know it. And mm. so it can be a little bit misleading sometimes in that sense. But it's, uh, yeah, that's really all it is, is that it's almost like for certain stuff, if I, you know... If, if there's still sheet music in front of me uh, in a drum video, I probably couldn't get through that song successfully without at least glancing up at a couple specific parts. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, but I'm not by any means reading it the whole time. It definitely doesn't mean I've never you know, played it before and I'm sight reading it. And that's the one thing is I think people sometimes see that and they're just like, yeah, right, he's not sight reading that. And it's like, no, I didn't. That's not what that's not the point of no this. no it's like, like a little kickstart to the next uh the next phrase or the next pattern of this song right Be yeah it just yeah exactly it just depends on on the part yeah. um and there there are some songs where it's really only a couple things by the time i'm actually you know recording a video for it it's like yeah i i there are just a few things that like that that reminder is really helpful um that, that's, yeah, that, that, that's all it is. Okay, thank you for the answer. That, uh, yeah, did that make sense? Totally makes sense, totally makes sense. Absolutely, I thought it's this way, I thought so. I mean, it's interesting that it all happened because of Animals as Leaders, I didn't know that. Um, I know that yeah, yeah. it helps you now to do what you're doing now, but I just I was interested into how and why you started and um, that it has an advantage, obviously, we we know that for you um but you know some people start very uh traditional in a way that go to music school and they just play on the snare drum and they learn how to to read the notes and then eventually they start to go to university and make a chess um chess drums course yeah so but yeah uh, okay good thank you Dude, yeah you know what's funny is i i think i did i did play snare drum in middle school but i didn't I like didn't actually know what I was doing. Like I, I don't think I paid attention or cared to actually like learn notes. I just like stood in the back and kind of tried to hit the drum in a way that sounded yeah. good with the rest of the band. <laughs> well, I try. I tried to a couple of times get myself to the point to be able to read sheet music, and but again, it was. Um, I don't know if it is because if it's the the right word, is it dyslectic? Like I have issues when I, for me, my brain just flips words around. Like I would read a sentence and my brain would tell me that it's this word, but it's not even this word. And I kind of have similar situation when I have to read drum rhythms or even if they're simple, my brain just kind of tricks me. I guess, of course, if I would practice it more, it would be okay and I can learn it. But again, I always felt the further I dive into this, the further I mm, 
go away from my actual um how to say that like for me drumming ha has to feel different it's a different approach and uh, i feel like i lose a little bit more connection when i go further and further into this area yeah but yeah no i get that and i respect that man it's it's kind of you know everyone's different it's like whatever works exactly and that's the exactly beautiful thing about drums and and just music in general exactly. like i have always kind of envied that about your work and i don't know i feel like like i said i i don't know if that's specifically why but i've always really liked your feel and it would make sense that i think if you kind of have a slightly more i don't know like interpersonal relationship with drums in a way because of just your approach it's not to say that i'm not obsessed with drums i just mean like <laughs> no no i, don't know, I think you sure. know what i mean yeah definitely you know? i totally understand what you want to say yeah it is this yeah. way and i'm i also i like to be um, I, I give myself um i want to be free in in terms of sometimes it sounds different i will not always hit the same symbol like for me every take when i have to do a recording session is different um for me yeah. i never never play the same shit except of course it's necessary for the song but it's gonna be always a bit different so there's a, a lot of surprises in there from my brain <laughs> sometimes good sometimes bad but i like to give myself this little bit open window you know to just let things happen to not be too too strict and i feel like if i would write everything down i would uh have a hard time doing that but on the other hand to be fair the stuff you were playing is like i i think i could not do that without um being able to read notes because you need to remember this shit by writing it down so it is just the music i have to play is by far not as complex and detailed like songs you oh, are man. doing so you know i feel like I feel like you've done plenty of stuff that's just as fucking intense, dude. I, th I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but it, then it was just uh, repeat, repeat, repeat in the practice room, like part by part until the muscle memory kicks in. So I rely a lot on muscle memory. And I try not to think yeah. about it. Like, um, I don't know what time signature this shit is. I will just, I know I will count to seven or I will make seven snare hits and then I have to choke the cymbal and then comes this tom pattern. This is how I train myself. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I still do use like little mental reminders of that kind of thing too. Like once I internalize something, like say I'm in the process of like learning something and I haven't quite internalized it yet, but you know, I can read the music and I know I might know the time signature and stuff, but sometimes it's just like easier to be like, all right, well, that fill starts like, you know, right after the second snare hit from exactly this, point, this you way know? yeah like and i don't know what time signature wise or note value wise, i don't know what that means but i know how it feels when i start this beat and then i you know play the beat for half of this bar i guess or whatever it is and i hit the snare twice in different places but it's right after the second hit and i start that fill welcome like sometimes just, yes yeah welcome in my so that's kind of how it is for you all the time though yeah for complicated stuff for sure um, that's cool yeah nowadays uh, what i like to do is i because i play everything to the click track um especially even live now and i mm -hmm. i just like to record myself countings just right before every change or i would just say like 
Tom break in four, three, two, one, or actually I count the other ways. Like yeah. One, two, like you three. have your own, uh, you have your own voice in your ears. Yeah, exactly. Um, this yeah. this helps a lot to learn complicated stuff faster. In the past, this voice had to be made on the fly while I was playing it. So yeah. I would just count loud while I play because nobody will hear it. But counting not in terms of like this dude knows how to count this fucking rhythm. No, it's just like, okay, as you said before, two times the snare and then comes starts to fill. So, yeah. But yeah, doesn't matter. It has worked so far. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. It, that's all that matters, dude. Sick. Yeah. But yeah, I do the same shit too, man. Like, you know, just little reminders sometimes are really helpful um but shit dude there was something else i was gonna ask you yeah you got some you got some questions now it's flip over again now it's your podcast again yeah well i just i I, there were like hold on i did i write any of this down hold on well i i wanted to ask you some really like basic ass shit too like so let's start with the basic ass shit how 2020 and 2021 have been for you dude like how's pandemic life you know is Hmm. as it's has it screwed up things for you as much as a lot of other people or have you been able to like you know endure all of this decently you know it's it's it's, everyone is affected by it uh so including myself including the band septic flesh we have to postpone constantly the release of our album i had to move back the recording session so it was planned to do it last year in may and then eventually i could go to sweden in august uh we are still like we're in the mixing process now it still is a lot is unknown and yeah of course no shows but for me it's it's not like that because there are no concerts i have less work it's actually the opposite and i think the reason why it is because now we musicians have to come up with uh, like a completely different lifestyle in a way to sustain being a musician like you have to be really creative and act fast to flip around because we usually or i make the biggest income with playing live shows and this is not available now so i have to reinvent myself let's put it this way yep so you have to like okay this doesn't work this doesn't work what does work okay maybe i can do this i can do that so you have to kind of start from scratch to reinvent you as a musician and you as a drummer and just make it through this phase that nobody knows how long it's going to take. And yeah, so it is um, lots of work. Eventually, like the last week or since the week, I'm I'm waking up like four in the morning and just work the fucking whole day till the evening. So I do like 10, 12 hours the whole day. Just uh, making videos, edit videos, making drum lessons, email crap, everything, practice. And it's it's just, it is great that you can be busy. I like it. But because you have to squeeze in so much at once, it just feels a yeah. bit overwhelming. And it's such a weird thing. You go on like full power, right? You push as much as you can, but the rest of the world is on hold and it's such a weird feeling. You kind of want to, you know, do something and uh, I feel like I'm in this bubble. I work, I work, I work, I work. And then I look out of the window and I'm like, ah, okay, shit, the restaurants are still closed. Ah, okay, I still cannot go inside of this place yeah. without a test or not. And the funny thing is, funny thing, it's not funny, it's the sad thing. 
my city right now, uh, my hometown is, we have such high cases that it is kind of a special lockdown. We're not allowed to leave the city without a Damn. negative test. So you have to get tested before going out of the city. Um, so you have to get tested every two days. I mean, it's for free, but it is just ridiculous. Like, uh, if you want to just go out of the city border and there's a police officer standing there and he will ask you, do you have a negative test? You have to show. If not, you have to make one. And if you refuse to make one, you're going to pay a fine of about 1,400 euros. So this is the fine. Jesus. Yes. Um. So, Dude, wait. So like... Yeah. What damn. Just, I mean... At least your country takes it seriously, I guess. I mean, my state does, but no, there's a lot of places in this huge country that... No, Austria you know. goes nuts. You know, it's like we have this kind of special um, map that shows which districts are in the red zone, but literally Austria is being red since last year. It's stupid. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, everything is locked. Uh, we, I mean, the, the weird thing is I look out on the street and there are cars, like as it used to be a lot of people... Um, but you know there are no concert, no cinema, no gyms, um, no restaurants, no hotels. So it's just uh, just the normal stores are open, and that's it, right? You cannot do any sports together. You can only do sports alone. Um, you have to constantly get tested, and it's just this weird thing for you to try to be sane in this whole thing, try to be focused, um, keep going, you know, and. Uh, Maybe some people think that, okay, musicians, yeah, they're lazy now. They're laying around contemplating what to do. I think it's the opposite. We're just uh, yeah. pushing like motherfuckers. For me, it is yeah, like I, this. I, I hear you, man. You know what else I miss? I wonder if you can like relate to this. Is that like one thing that this year made me realize, I guess, the last year is that, you know, when I am at home, when I'm not on tour, it's really, it's all on me, you know, like I have to come up with whatever my objectives are or look for, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, or go through emails to find, you know, whether lessons, session work, whatever, and figure out what I want to do and make all the decisions for me. And it's all and you, like, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the boss of myself. And the one thing I like about, I think, on tour is that that can get to be pretty exhausting after a while. But on tour, it's like this whole period where it's not on you, you know, like there's, you still have a job to do, but you know. Yeah, you're you know, part it's of. Like you get on the bus. Yeah, you're you, part of the circus. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I miss that feeling of like, to me, I guess I think a lot of musicians might actually disagree with this, but to me, going on tour is uh, not like a vacation because it's still a lot of work. Yeah. But it's it's more like there's it's almost like a mental vacation for me. It's I guess in a way where there's less that I have to think about and be responsible for and the responsibilities I do have are just very simple to me. It's like, okay, be inside at this time, set up your drums, be ready to play by this time, yeah. play a good show, you know? And it's, it's a little bit more like cut and dry. Whereas at home, I'm kind of like constantly overthinking stuff or, you know, worrying about certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think just a period of being at home and doing that for a long time is, made me realize how much I miss that, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Because on tour, the rules are quite simple. And it's like you're in a world, you're in a different world within a world, if you put it this way. Mm -hmm. And it's just this 
still exhausting thing, but it's very clear. It's very basic, consistent, and consistent. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, the movie, uh, the Groundhog's Day. Is it this called? Where it's like re- yeah. repetitive all the time. You're living the same yeah. day. It is kind of this. Just the venues are flipping and the, the people. But yeah, being at home, you feel the the weight of responsibility. The, like. Um, thoughts are creeping in um and especially now with the pandemic it's like and it feels also that for me time is running so fucking fast like and dude i know and also not you know i I would wish that things are changing and i'm just I, i kind of i'm waiting for this day to finally do normal things again and that's why i want the time to go fast right i want it to keep going but then i i also realized like fuck it was like over a year now and i'm just yeah one day is like the other and i'm pushing pushing and still there's no satisfaction in me and this fucking monkey in the back of my brain with the symbols you know this like i have like a little monkey sitting in the back of my brain he's like all the time there did you do enough are you sure you made enough because i know man how it's gonna look like you know afterwards i mean you could still uh, you could still learn a song you could still practice a little bit here you know this sometimes unfriendly reminder i don't know if this monkey in my head is uh, a friend or he is an enemy he's probably something in between it's definitely the thing that makes me keep going and it's necessary otherwise you're you're gone but um you know it is just uh yeah Sometimes it's really creepy to have this, right? Dude, I get, I get it. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like I, I feel that shit a lot, dude. I've the monkey in my head. I never described it that way, but that's yeah. You know which monkey? In this last year, isn't there? A, I know exactly what you're talking like, about. Like uh, Homer Simpson, yeah. doesn't? Isn't there not a Simpsons? Yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> I just I never described my own, <laughs> my own that way. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah, it's uh. Yeah, because I feel that way a lot, man. Like wondering, like, man, I I could have done more this day, or I should have done this, or maybe I should do that. And yeah, but on the other hand, I've never been so productive as I'm now. Looking at what I'm doing during the day, and what is also, you have to mention, you know, there's normal life as well. There is you have to go buy groceries, you have to go clean the flat, you have yeah. to wash your fucking clothes. I have nobody who cooks for me, so I have to do it myself. There are all this certain things you have to do um just to yeah sustain human life (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah you cannot just uh, play drums 12 hours a day it's just uh, not possible so yeah yeah, i'm I'm super productive but still it feels like nothing goes on and so the monkey keeps clapping his damn fucking symbols like (laughs) (laughs) dude i get it man i'm I'm so bad at, like, I, I this last year I've been, there have been periods where I've had better balance in my life, but the last year I have not had great balance in terms of, you know, maintaining, you know, relationships, friendships, much yeah. less like intimate relationship. I've been single for a hot minute, but it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard, it's been hard in the last year because of the pandemic, sure. but then also just, you know, um, I've always been, it's always been a struggle for me to balance things. Um, I kind of, I guess I go kind of intense on whatever it is I'm doing. And it's something I've been trying to improve at myself for the last many years, you know. 
Yeah, um, but on the other hand, I think also I, I totally agree with what you say. I, I feel like in a similar situation. But isn't it that if you want to like if you want to be in the position where we are, that you have to kind of make sacrifices? Like you have to. Yeah. Just it's not like I'm antisocial. Uh, you know, I want to have family. I want to have friends. I want to have girlfriend. You know, all of this. But at one point, it's like you have 24 hours in a day, and you know the amount of work or preparation you have to do to become who you want to be or like where we are right now. And yeah. uh, so I I totally get you when you say like you go a hundred percent on certain things and it might be strange on some people and this will cause you to maybe be more isolated but because you're just focusing on what you love so much and I I feel the same yeah you know, for some people they they cannot understand it but I'm I also love what I'm doing and even if it's exhausting and time consuming but it's just yeah. It's almost like a sickness within us that it is uh, <laughs> like a, a own yeah. drumming virus almost. Yeah, dude, it is, man. That's interesting. Because, yeah, dude, I've like, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it's funny, man. It's just funny to talk with you about this stuff because, like, I don't know. It's almost like I, I knew, like, there are a lot of things like we'd be able to relate to just given what we do. Yeah. The but similarities. it's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, even though like you're in another continent and another country and yeah, but like, uh, still we're living in the same world and with the same mechanisms yeah. and, um, hard work does pay off. That's how it is. Of course you have to be lucky. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there are people that work their ass off, but they will not yet have the chance or never had the chance yet to present themselves. So it is a combination of hard work and being lucky and understand that this is an opportunity you should take. It's like a yeah. window, but nevertheless, it is about, you know, we just uh, set priorities for us and um, we are dealing with certain sacrifices. You cannot have everything. That's the key line. It's just impossible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dude, you're definitely right. You know, I don't envy, you know, younger people that are just trying to get involved in this industry right now, man, because yeah. uh, I feel like at the time when I started trying to put myself out there and, you know, audition for bands on YouTube and put up YouTube videos in general and just try and all that stuff, I feel like there were other people doing it, obviously. There were people like you and, uh, you know, some definitely some others, uh, obviously, like, you know, the dudes like uh, Luke and uh, Kobus and stuff like that. Mm. But even back then, there it was like limited in terms of like there just weren't as many for sure people doing it, uh, doing like the HD close mic'd video. And you know, I feel like if I put up you know my earliest videos now, they would just completely fly under the radar. And like it's so oversaturated now. The, the the same here. If I look back at my 2007 drum videos with like, I had uh, a kick mic. Like I had a microphone inside of my kick. I just put it. I just shoved it in there. Then I had one overhead yeah. for everything. I run it into a small mixer without a cue, and from the master out, I went straight into this fucking small camera in the mic input. And yeah, like just uh, it sounded horrible. It looks horrible, but it doesn't matter. It's just different times. It was 2007, and as you said, there was not much going on. And uh, I guess that was what I said before. 
that was our lucky window to present ourselves. Now, yeah, if you don't run almost like 2K videos and the fucking best sound and the, the playing level is also so high, like uh, it's so saturated with like f high quality content that you're yeah. like, fuck. I don't know if if I would be again now a young dude. Would this be possible? I don't know. It's difficult to say. It is, man. There's a younger drummer in the States that I uh, I like a lot. He's a young kid. He's like 21. His name's Brody. And I think I've talked about him on my podcast before. But, dude, I always try to help him out where I can because, like, you know, with whatever. Like, uh, the other day I actually uh, – like, I still had a contact at Vicforth even though I'm not with them anymore. And yeah. I hooked him up with them and they're, like, at least going to offer him some direct – sticks or like sell him sticks directly so he can get the weight that he wants and stuff but that's you know he nice of you yeah <laughs> oh dude like but that's the thing like i had you know i had people back then that helped me out and stuff too and like yeah. you know stuff like that and and like dude he i i help him out especially because like he reminds me of myself like he's just obviously really obsessed with drums and he's works really hard he's super driven and he's also just a really good kid like he's a nice guy and yeah you know, I appreciate that immensely in people and like, yeah, man, it's just, but that's the thing. Like I look at him in this period and I'm like, man, dude, like he's busting his ass. He's and, like, grinding hours and yeah. hours. And I, I'm like, shit, dude, like, you know, it makes me, it not, and it's not to say like you or I or anyone, you know, that started more back then, I guess you know hasn't worked your ass off because you have to work hard yeah and it's, it's you know but it's it's still like we took the luck we had and and also worked hard and and i think that exactly whether we realized it or not it was just yeah we were lucky in that sense mm. um true but yeah yeah anyway i uh that's my podcast the dude i just rant randomly about random shit so i apologize if it's ever that's okay. too random people can always stop if they don't like it but i guess uh yeah. we're doing well so far and i'm sure we have a couple of listeners still with us oh yeah we have uh this is pretty long we can we can call it in a minute i didn't even ask you in advance like how long if there was a period that was too long for you but no um, we go with the flow okay i, I don't dude. know how many fucking questions you have left i mean if it's gonna be five no, hours i, 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 don't I know. really <laughs> just have a few I'll, I'll ask you another uh i was gonna ask you a fun one just okay uh what what you're especially because we were reminiscing about touring and the good old days a year ago oh, when yeah. we could actually play a show uh i was gonna ask if you had like any really comical or best and worst tour stories, anything like that? Because hmm. in my experience, some of the shittiest things that have ever happened to me on tour in hindsight are the funniest by far. Um, yeah. Anything like that. Like there's a lot of shit on tour that I for sure tried to like hide in my brain. You know, it's how to say it. Um, yeah, funny things are sometimes what uh, what drum kits I get. And the best one, in my opinion, was uh, once I played a Greek tour. And we played in this like kind of strange venue, which was definitely not for rock music. It was for the shittiest Greek music you can imagine. Dude, and hell yeah. So That's so tight. They gave me, <laughs> I love it already. They gave me a, a bright red old Pearl drum kit with like 
the toms were i think uh, it looked like a, a 13 inch was the smallest tom like this power toms huge you know ridiculous hell yeah so <laughs> it was like uh, i think a 12 a 14 and a 16 inch ridiculous to set up um the second kick drum was white of course it was not from this setup but that's okay i can deal with that but what really was funny for me was the fact that when i looked on the bass drum skin i was like what the fuck is that this is supposed to be a kick patch you know like uh something to protect your your kick drum and yeah i'm like yeah it should be this but this looks kind of strange and i look closer and i twist my head and i see that this is a menu from the bar that was laminated and it said that you can get a whiskey or a metaxa for like a shot for i don't know three euro or something and i couldn't believe that they just cut out a piece of laminated menu from the bar and just sticked it on there with gaffer, gaffer <laughs> tape and that <laughs> became the kick patch yeah that's sick. so it, shit like this you know um other stories yeah drunk stories happen of course but uh i'm, I'm happy that nobody really got hurt uh but yeah for me the funniest stories are mostly these kind of things you know when you you have Hell to yeah. pull off a show or oh, one time it was also the same greek tour so we play in a bar and there was no stage so we just set up on the floor and the the mixer was next to the drums next to me next to my china oh yeah that's shit's so weird and it's like what is that the monitor guy is like no that's front of the house which became side of the house <laughs> yeah and uh and the, the guy who set it up was like, yeah, nobody told me that I should put the mixer in front of the stage. It was oh my god, it was ridiculous. And they gave me another rental kit, which was insane. And when I came there, the snare drum was turned around, so the snare wires were on the top. And um, yo, sick. So <laughs> they, they thought that this is how you set up the snare. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I love shit like that. That reminds me of like the yeah, dude, like some of the kits. The one of the f the first time I played in Mexico, the kit was like, oh man, it was like a twenty two, which is fine. But I was like really used to playing twenties. But it was a twenty two like Pearl Forum, not even like an export. Mm -hmm. And like it was like twelve, thirteen, sixteen, and I used two floor toms. So they had another floor tom from another kit. It was like a chrome wrapped. Yeah, tama. yeah, always a mixture. It, yeah. It was also a 16, so it was 10, 12, 16, 16, yep. and 22, and it was just like, I, it was one of my first shows with the Faceless, and I was like, you know, I'd barely been playing the material, and I was used to the small kick drum and these yeah. tiny rack toms and stuff, and I was like, this is going to be hilarious, but it, it ended up being all right, you know, but it was just like, you know, I tuned one of the 16s a little higher, or exactly. tried to, so it was kind of like... It worked out. Yeah, you have to always like you have to be like MacGyver and just build this fucking crazy Frankenstein drum kit. And usually these shows are the most fun ones. You you think it's gonna suck big times, but for me, in my experience, these shows, even though it's a crappy drum kit, somehow they are one of the best, uh, or I enjoy it Dude, the most. Yeah. <laughs> Did it? I think part of it might be. I don't know if this. I don't know if this is it, but it's that like. I think for me, I go into those shows thinking like, really, as long as I can even get through this, it'll be a success. Yeah. Like, and, and it's almost like because you go into it with this low expectation, 
if you surprise yourself, then it just kind of stokes you out more, and then it just builds. Like you probably end up having even more fun or something. I don't know. No, it it makes sense. The expectations dropped a lot. You just want to survive, and this takes off the pressure from your shoulders, and you just you just play, and you don't stress about it. But um, yeah. I mean, what's even worse is when you have to play with two kick drums and they give you a 20-inch and a 22-inch kick drum. Oh, shit. I've never <laughs> experienced that. Yeah, lucky you. So <laughs> I had it a couple of times. Because I've always, I've for the most part, up until I started playing with Chapel, I never really played two bass drums. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. You're always double pedal boy. Yeah, man. I, I like the double pedal still. I'm, I, that's what I've been doing lately, but I'll <clears throat> definitely set up two kicks again yeah, and start doing that. Yeah, you're going to metal up again. Yeah, you know, dude, I'm not gonna lie, it's like pretty sick. It like, is, I just, I will say, <laughs> awesome. Like, there was a part of me when I got set that shit up the first time where I was like, yo, like the 18 year old me that was like obsessed with George Coleos <laughs> and yeah. like Niall, I was like, yo, this is fucking tight. Yeah, hell yeah, awesome, dude. By the way, I love, I love all like your, uh, like when you do occasionally do like a little nerd alert post or something on Instagram, I'm like, it was sick. I love nerd shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, yours is full of it. Uh, of course you like it. Um, yeah, I guess that is to be expected, right? Yeah, but the, I, I like it. your creations that they're like bulletproof. You know, there can be an earthquake and this shit will not fall over. <laughs> or like you, you screw stuff in the wall or in the ceiling and... Uh, if you would have a welding machine at home, I'm sure you would fucking weld the whole drum kit together. So oh, dude, you know I would. Yeah, of course Holy I know shit. you would. And then I see like, okay, now look at this. I made a new camera mount. Or, I don't know, I just uh, redecorated my fucking room. I cut out this piece and uh, whatever. It's, it's, it is inspiring. I would wish I have more tools at home to do such things because I do love also hacking drum things. And uh, actually today I was in the practice room setting up like from old, I would say, hardware corpses. I just took off parts from here and, you know, used the tripod of this simple stand and mounted on this other stand to just make like a small practice uh, setup with pads. Um, yeah, hell yeah. So it is, it's awesome for the brain to, to come up with all these strange constructions. And I love drum gear and especially hardware. You can do so much cool shit with it. Without like, dude, I drum right. Drum hardware is like adult Legos, man. Yes, it is, and it is. I just love that it, you can implement it into so much um, everyday life. It doesn't have to be always yeah. fucking drum stuff, or I know, dude. I mean, trust me, I'm like a fucking psycho over here. About yeah, it, dude, I know. <laughs> That's why it's so I fun. I don't say. know. Like, if like, someone freaks the fuck out with drum hardware being used in everyday life, it's you. You win the prize. <laughs> You're number Dang, one. I am honored. I will accept this prize and wear it proudly forever. You should. Thank like, you. Uh, there's no one in the business who builds. Like, <laughs> it's it's amazing, you know. And as I said, it's it always feels like it comes out of a, like a military laboratory because it's so solid, <laughs> which is good. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it definitely it definitely speaks to like my intensity, I guess, in like a neurotic way, but. I, I I wear it proudly at this point. Like to Please. me, people that people that make fun of me or, or give me a hard time for being like no. neurotic and crazy, I I love it because I'm kind of like, hey man, like you know, it's it's kind of like if anything, I feel like it's been like the healthiest way for me to deal with some of those tendencies. Sure. And 
you, you, you know you make creative stuff with it you channel it into a creative process and you come up with six solutions like keep going please i mean dang thanks dude it's, You're sick. and all to all the haters fuck off try to come up with a better idea is genius what uh, what <laughs> what creations can come up out of a drummer's mind you know <laughs> dude drums are so fucking sick dude Holy yeah shit. no question about that oh man but yeah dude shit dude i feel like there was like some other shit i don't even know i just wanted to fucking chat with you mostly and i don't want to take up your whole are you like wait so you get up hella early hella early so wait what time is it there right now it's um 8 30 p.m so what time do you normally go to bed at well if i have to get up around four ish i will probably go to sleep uh latest at nine damn so you're like about to end your day kind of yeah yeah. Damn, that's crazy, dude. But it's a long day, you know, if you get up at four. Yeah, no, I know. It's like, it's just comical because I, I'm like very on an opposite schedule. Of you I right know. Now. I mean, obviously we're in different time zones too, but. Yeah, but you're uh, you're staying up in the night. I see sometimes some Instagram posts that you're like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing there? And he's like, yeah, I'm yeah, sampling dude. shit or I'm <laughs> editing stuff or I don't know. And I'm like, dude. But now I can say also. Uh, or people can ask me, why the fuck you get up at four? You know, it's also something strange that most people wouldn't yeah. do. I guess. No, it's it's whatever your schedule is, though, Correct. too, man. Like, that's the thing. I, uh, I I actually like getting up really early when I'm not, when I go to bed early enough. I yeah, just, yeah. if I don't, you know, if I don't get enough sleep, then it's fucking miserable. But if I get up that early and actually feel rested and stuff mm. like dude i'm all i'm all for it that shit rules so that's um, why i shifted you know that's why i go yeah early to bed but uh i i also wake up earlier so it's and you do just the opposite i guess yeah i could do you and i don't know if this is like weird to ask but like if you do you like live with your girlfriend or anything no i live at home alone now like because i always feel like or i always felt like i uh would get on a better schedule if i was seeing someone you know like i would end up kind of taking on their schedule to some extent and nobody wants to take my uh, schedule <laughs> that's for sure dude 4 a.m yeah that is that's early as shit, yeah dude. but uh, I mean, it's not gonna be always like this it's just right now the peak yeah yeah but um, well i i respect the shit out of it though dude because i uh it's it's challenging for me to get up that early i i was only staying up as late as i was when i was texting with you the other day because yeah. Basically, dude, I started doing this sampling, and yeah, it's, I... It's a pain in the ass. I know exactly what you talk dude, about. Yeah, and basically the first day I was doing it here... So the whole point is, like, I plan on moving pretty soon. Like, this room is not going to be in my drum videos pretty soon. I'm I'm trying to find a house whoop, currently. Whoop, and whoop. News of the yeah. day. Yeah, man, it's scary, but also exciting. And sure. I, uh, so anyway, Noop and I had this idea where we would make our next instrument for this company we have like be sampled in my basement even though it's just a basement you know we figured we'd try to get some dope sounds out of it sure. and kind of like immortalize this room and exactly we're actually pretty shook by like how how good it's turned out man quality wise this basement is it's a huge part of your identity right dude yeah exactly <laughs> and that's why capture it, it. it really is man so we wanted to kind of do something to like immortalize that and great idea um but on the first day i realized that 
I was like, holy shit, dude. Like if I'm, if I'm recording like my whole kit, it's not even remotely a big deal. You can't tell. But if I'm doing like one hit at a time where stuff has to ring out, you can like uh, every once in a while you'll hear like cars oh, yeah. drive by on the street outside and stuff in the room mics, especially and like, especially depending on the time of day, mm. it's like a pretty busy street, you know? So I was like, oh shit, dude, like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like I can't. And I realized, like, at night, dude, there's, like, no cars. It's, like, dead. So I was I was like, shit, dude, I guess I'm just going to have to do all the sampling at night. So instead of spending, like, three to five days just busting through it, I, I ended up only being able to do, like, a couple hours of ni- a night for, like, two weeks. Mm. And so, so for, like, the last, like, two and a half, three weeks, I was up even later than I normally am, and I wanted to die. So Yeah, but it's out of a necess- necessity. Is this the word? <laughs> Yeah, that's necessity. Necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So wait, is your is your first language German? Yeah, it's German. It's definitely not English. Dude, your English is good though. Uh, it is. Uh, fuck it. As long as you understand me, that's 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 enough. Dude, it is honestly like I said the same thing to Dennis because like uh, from ACD. Yeah. Do you ever talk to him? Of course. Uh, Do you, yeah. He lives like uh, I think two, three hours away from me, which is for Damn, that's sick. for U.S. standards nothing. For us, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's pretty far. Like it's like I wouldn't go hang out with someone that lived three hours yeah, away all the time. Yeah. I I barely hang out with my friends that are here that live like five minutes away <laughs> because you, you have know? to go play drums. But yeah, dude, I got drums to play. Come on. You know? <laughs> but you no. said that you have to record in the night. I have the same situation at my practice room. I need to record in the mornings. That's another yeah, reason. Yeah, that's what you were saying. Um, yeah. In the nights, there could be. Because otherwise, there are other people playing yes. and they, it gets picked up in your yes, mics and stuff. Exactly. So sometimes Damn, that's the, be the, frustrating. Sometimes there's a party in going through the whole night. So I get there like between six and seven or something. And then you get the corpses crawling out of there. And, or I wake them up <laughs> with some fine blast beats. And I know because there's some yeah. some cars outside and I know, okay, there's somebody sleeping in there. But I say, fuck it, it's my workspace. I pay lots of money for this shit and it's not designed to sleep there. So, yeah, that's another reason why I go in the mornings. I have my peace. Yeah, hell yeah. that's It's definitely nice to, to have that isolation at oh, times. Oh, yeah. That's crazy that there's just a big place like where a bunch of people can go practice where you live. Like, that's not that's not a thing here. There are practice spaces in the States, just not here. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't... No, do, I'm... Yeah. But I, I guess I don't live in a city, though. Not a big city, at least, you know? No, so. Our city is also not that big. I mean, it's a quite big city for Austria, but we are extremely lucky with this thing. But also, when I say that, these rooms are not cheap either. So it's a gold mine for the owner. He just barely has to do anything, and he can ask for a pretty... Pretty intense prices, um, yeah. and um, but still, people are so desperate; they want to practice. So he he can ask for the craziest shit, and people will still take it. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy shit, dude. Well, respect. Well, dude, I don't want to like, I don't I don't know how long you were planning on doing this. I could probably chat with you all goddamn day and night, but I don't want to keep you from going to bed if you're trying to get to sleep here shortly um yeah, it's okay i mean we have two hours that's a that's a good length that's in my pretty, opinion pretty long yeah i wasn't i didn't even realize it had been that long honestly like until like we were an hour and 20 minutes in i was like oh shit we've already been talking for a minute yeah you know it's but, uh, it's 2021 time is running quick my friend 
Dude, you're right, man. You know, I actually read a study about how, like, as people get older, they actually do experience time, like, differently in that, yeah, like... For a million fucking percent, sure. Yeah. it's. I just thought it was so interesting the way they described it. I don't know. I'll see if I can find the article and, like, send it to you or something, but I don't know if you're into that well, kind of shit. Um, yeah, I am, but for me, it's... I just have to remember back when I was a kid and I look back at two months off in the summer from school. It felt like half a year. And now yeah. two months are like a fucking fart. It's gone within a second. So I know <laughs> I, I experienced this phenomenon on my own. Dude, it's it. But I guess like I guess there was like a scientific explanation for ah, it. too. Okay. And I was like, oh, shit. I never like well, really if you find it, just send it over. You know, it's for sure interesting. Sick. Yeah. So shall we call it a, a day if this is the same? Yeah, dude. Also, uh, we'll just, I mean, not that I think it'll result in anything too crazy for you uh, because I don't really know how big the audience of people listening is. But, uh, you know, I know you just launched your Patreon semi-recently. So yes. if anyone out there, you know, hasn't checked that out, y'all should check Krims out because he rules. And uh, what is your Patreon handle thingy? Uh, it's just Crim Drummer, I I think. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, it's just, it's so new, you know, I just set it up kind of in a hey, hurry. You know what, I'm going to check for you just to be sure. No, it's for sure Crim Drummer. What else it could be? So K-R-M-H? Yeah, the... Or K-R-M. K-R-I-M-H. Yes. Just put that shit into, and then Patreon. I'm sure you will find yeah, me. Yeah, that's it. K-R-I-M-H, drummer, all one word. Boom. Boom. Y'all should support him. He rules. Go fucking support. <laughs> Thank <dude>. you, man. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. Kidding me? I mean, you know, for whatever it's worth. And uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. I would uh, love to have you on again or just to have a chat with you again sometime, even yeah. if it's not on the podcast, because it's been really lovely chatting with you. And, sure. Um, yeah, man. Thank you for taking the time. I can... Uh, here, we'll do a, a fake hang-up, so I'll just say... To everyone out there, thanks for listening. We're gonna hang up now, but Krim, don't actually hang no, up. No, I will I'll not. We do more in a second. Yeah, so. we're gonna do it fake wise. So it was a yeah, pleasure. It's... Thank you for having me. Uh, I hope. Yes, of course. I will uh, talk to you later. Ha ha ha. I hope all the the drum nerd <laughs> shit was actually interesting for people out there. And if not, yeah. it gave us a good time. It was it was a pleasure to hang out with you. And um, yeah, let's make a fake hang up. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>